Welcome to Connection Point Church, and welcome to those joining us online. I'm Pastor Zach. Shelly and I serve as lead pastors here. So glad you're here with us today. You made it through the snow. What's with snow every Sunday? I tell you what. What? Come on, spring. I don't, what was the groundhog prediction? Not like that ever matters. Yeah, well, who knows? Spring, we'll pray it in. Start praying. We need some prayer warriors. <laughs> oh, Lord, help us. Shelly and I have been reflecting a good bit over the last month in particular. Uh, just looking back on life, we've journeyed with Jesus long enough to be able to look back and just begin to see the, the beautiful tapestry that he weaves together uh, within our lives. And not just with our lives, but our lives with others and the way that he brings his picture together. Uh, it's really an extraordinary thing. But at the same time, uh, I've also looked back to, to realize there were times in following Jesus because I didn't understand his plan. I was not living full of faith and I wasn't real grateful for where he had me. You ever had those moments? Maybe you're there now. I don't, I don't know. But what I want to share with you this morning as we continue talking about this theme that we've been in this year on extraordinary living is the life that we're offered in God, the life we're offered in Jesus. It really is extraordinary. But part of what's required on our part for that long-term life in him is to live a life of faith and gratitude. But maybe you're in a pit today. Maybe you've been in that pit for a long time, or maybe you've gone in that pit, you've come out of that pit, you're back in that pit, you know, but what I'd like to say to you this morning is God means to get you out of that pit. Not only can he, but he means to. Now there's valuable lessons that can be learned there, but I want you to keep your eyes on the prize this morning. Jesus as our prize. And as you do that, God will lead you into extraordinary places. He will. And I always want to be careful that when I talk about extraordinary, I am never talking about like everything is perfect, like you have planned out your life and everything unfolds like you thought it would. No, it's actually controlled chaos. That's life in Jesus. Like you follow after him and it's an adventure and it's awesome and, and sometimes you don't know what's coming, but God is there and it's extraordinary. So I just want to make sure we're on the right definition of extraordinary this morning. So extraordinary, controlled chaos. Everybody there? All right. Well, if you have your Bibles, hey, I hope you've got your Bible. We're going to be in Luke chapter 17, picking up from where we left off last week, and we're going to jump into verse 11 this morning. So I invite you to stand for the reading of God's word, and we're just going to go through verse 19. And here's what Luke writes. He says, on the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance. And he lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. And then Jesus answered, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. These are the very words of God. You may be seated this morning. So last week we were in Luke and I shared a, a message, if you want to call it that, on applying God's word to your lives. If you weren't here I really didn't say a whole lot except kind of to guide you through a what's called discovery Bible study. 
because I wanted God's word to speak directly to you so that you understand you've got direct access to God. It's in the palm of your hands if you're holding God's word and, and in prayer that you can, you can pray and hear from the Lord. I want you to have access that way. And as we were applying God's word to our lives, we found that we can live that extraordinary life by both reading and obeying God's word. That's what we're trying to step into. And so I walked you through five steps of how do we do that. Does anybody remember the first step? Retell the scripture in your own words. We're not looking for memorization. We just want you to be able to capture the passage in your own words. That was step one. Step two, anybody remember? What does this passage tell us about God? That's what we're looking at. What does this passage tell us about God? Step three. Yeah, you guys are the A students. Well done. So what does this passage tell us about people? That's step three. Step four. I will say, and that's really the takeaway. So based on what this passage tells us about God, based on what this passage tells us about people, how am I going to apply this passage to my life? So we asked you to create an I will statement. So we've got somebody with a microphone that's going to randomly come around this morning to ask if you fulfilled your I will statement. I'm just kidding. We really don't want to put you on the spot. That would be terrible. That would be a terrible idea. (laughs) Not to say I won't do it sometime. That's not a terrible idea. See? I just, you know, I don't want to put people on the spot, though. But here's my point. We want you to apply God's word to your life. We want you to to more than just know it. We want you to be transformed by it. And the way that you're transformed by God's word is you learn it, but then you apply it to your life. Transformation requires application. I just made that statement up, but that's a good one. Repeat after me. Transformation requires application. Come on. What is it? Hey, write that down somewhere. That's good information. But it's true. We want to apply these things to our life. God needs to transform your life. But what's required is we have to do more than just absorb it. We've got to apply it. We're called to be more than just hearers of his word. We're meant to be doers of it. So let's be doers of God's word. It's really important we do that and apply it to our lives. So that was up to step four. We had one last step. Step five, what was it? Who are you going to share it with? Hey, there was some principles in last week's passage about forgiveness, about faith, about serving others, serving God. So the question is, who could benefit from hearing that? You know, and why is it that God means us to not only uh, take the word for ourselves, but to share it with others? It's because everyone who's in this room, all of your neighbors and work colleagues, your families and friends, they are all meant to be recipients of God's grace. And they all matter to the kingdom of God. You matter immensely to the kingdom of God. Uh, One of my favorite stories is of uh, John Kronstadt, 19th century Russian Orthodox priest. And he was serving at a time where alcohol abuse was rampant. And it was at a time where priests would not leave their church to go to people, but they waited for people to come to them. But what did John do? John went out into the streets and he would go and pick people up from the gutters drunks from the gutters, their foul-smelling breath, and he would say, this is beneath your dignity. You are meant to house the fullness of God. I love that phrase. You are meant to house the fullness of God. That's you this morning. You are meant to house the fullness of God. Your neighbors are meant to house the fullness of God. Why does God want us to share his word? Because we are his messengers. 
and we help other people know they're meant to house the fullness of God. So that's why that fifth step matters. Because otherwise, how are they going to know? If I were to ask each and every one in this room, how did you come into a relationship with God? Was it television? Was it some website? Was it some track that you picked up? Or was it a person? Most people, it's a person. God invites us to be a part of what he's doing on the earth. What a privilege. I'm humbled by that all the time, that God invites us to be a part of that. You are meant to house the fullness of God. Your neighbors are meant to house the fullness of God. Your family, your friends are all meant to live like that. That is the extraordinary life we're talking about. That's the life we're all invited to. So as we then look at this week's passage, we actually see, so what Jesus is doing is is he's on this journey with the disciples. He's turned his face to Jerusalem. And on this journey, he's showing them what it means to live that extraordinary life. And from our passage today, we actually see how we enter into it, how do we start living it, and how do we stay in that life. And the first thing we find is that we enter into an extraordinary life by calling out to Jesus. That's the entry point. Jesus is the entry point. We look at our passage this morning. Jesus has turned his face to Jerusalem. He's going through Galilee and Samaria and Judea. And on his travels, he's modeling for his followers what it looks like to live as a follower of his, what it looks like to live that extraordinary life. And while he's on this journey interacting with people, we find in our passage this morning that he's between Galilee and Samaria. He's entering into a village and 10 lepers approach Jesus. But let let me pause there. These 10 lepers, they cry out, Lord, Master, have mercy on us. Now, if you're reading, so we're trying to read through the Bible together as a church through the Read Scripture app. It's a Bible reading plan. There's information in your by daily guide in your seat back about that. And if you're reading through the Bible with us and you've read through Leviticus where it talks about leprosy and how they were meant to be separate from the community. But these lepers didn't do that. These lepers went against that and they approached Jesus. So what does that tell us about Jesus? Jesus is approachable. No matter what. No matter your life circumstances, no matter who you've been with, no matter what you've done, Jesus is approachable. So no matter where you find yourself today, if you have felt like I'm far from God, I want you to hear this morning, Jesus can be approached by you. And he wants to be. That's the starting point. Jesus means to meet with you. And he means to help you step into the extraordinary life that you're offered in him. So is that where you're at? then at the end of the service today, we'll give you that invitation. Hey, let's call out to Jesus in prayer. I'll pray with you. That's how we'll end the message today. So if that's where you're at, enter in today. But I'd also say, once you step into that life, you've got to stay on the journey. And that actually is our heart at the church here. We exist to help you stay on the journey with Jesus. Wherever you're at, whatever you know of God, there's more to him. Our minds can't contain, our hearts cannot uh, fathom the depths of the mysteries of God. And so we want to help you to stay on that journey. So we do something the fourth Sunday of every month called the Next Step Class. It's right on the other side of this wall, hallway one, city room. And you're invited to take next steps with Jesus. In that class, we, we share with people a document to say, here's some pathways for you. Maybe you're searching for freedom. Maybe you've got some life-controlling issues. Hey, a great place to start after you've come in the Next Step class. Jump into our Living Free Connect group on Wednesday nights. We want to help you experience the freedom you're offered in Christ. Do you have anger issues? 
If you have other life-controlling issues, things that God means to set you free from. But maybe you'd say, you know, I'm doing pretty well, but I just need to grow in God. Well, that's a pathway for a lot of people, so we want to help lead you in those steps. So I encourage you this morning, if you've entered into and called out to Jesus, you're on that journey, but you've gone no further, sign up today. I won't be offended. Pull out your phone. Sign up, connectionpointchurch.org, and register for the next step class. My prayer is that class is too full next week for that classroom, and we've got to find another place to put you. We are committed to helping you, to equipping you to be all that God means you to be. That's why we're here. So, but it's your choice to be able to enter into that life. So no matter where you find yourself today, my prayer is you keep going on the journey with Jesus. But how do you enter in? How do you take that first step? You call out to Jesus. But they don't stop there because then the next thing we find is is to begin to live that extraordinary life. You need to obey what Jesus says. To be able to live that extraordinary life. So you step into it by calling out to Jesus, but you start to live that life by obeying what Jesus says. So all 10 lepers, they approach Jesus because Jesus is approachable. But then they call out to him saying, Master, have mercy on us. Well, what does Jesus tell him? Go and show yourself to the priest. Notice he doesn't say, you're healed, now go and show yourself to the priest. It took great faith on the part of those lepers They knew if they were going to show themselves to the priest, they needed to be cleansed. So it took great faith in their hearts to be like, okay, well, I still have leprosy, but I'll start going to the priest, Jesus, right? Like that's tremendous faith on their part. They didn't know what they were going to encounter on the way. May we not just blow past that. What's the verse say? As they went, they were healed. Somewhere on the journey, Jesus healed them of their leprosy. They had to obey what Jesus said to be able to live the extraordinary life they were offered. Think about this. Had they not obeyed what Jesus said, they never would have been healed. They may have entered into the extraordinary life, but had they not obeyed him, they never would have experienced the healing he meant for them. Obedience is required for us to be able to live that extraordinary life. This is why that I will statement is so important. And this is why I'm moving forward on the back of your programs. Here's what I'd love for you to do on Sunday mornings. As I walk through scripture, you can still capture, in response to today's message, I will. Write that down. If you write it down, you're going to be more committed to do it. And the Holy Spirit will surely speak to you through God's word. We just have to have ears to hear it. That's our part. I'll tell you, I love on Sunday mornings, after I've shared a message, somebody comes up to say, man, when you said this, 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 This is what God spoke to my heart. And here's why I love that statement. Because nine times out of ten, I never said what they just said I said. So it's always like, I'm so glad the Holy Spirit spoke that to your heart. And if I were you, I'd obey it. That's what God does. He wants to speak to our hearts about things. So may you start to write down your I will statement and walk in obedience to it. God's heart for you is to live in that word. Look. Transformation, we already said it, transformation comes from application, okay? So transformation, it really does come from application, not just education. That's the other part of that statement. Transformation, it really comes through application, not just education. And hey, that's important in a university town. But even the university would tell you that. If you're just learning things that you don't apply to your field of study, you're not going to be real successful. So same thing with God's word. You've got to apply these things to your life. In fact, that's really the context. You know, 
Jesus was a Jew, in case you didn't know. And, and so as he's speaking, he's speaking in the context of a, a Hebrew and the way that they think. Hebrews learning. So the way that they learn, they can't just learn by knowing, they have to learn by applying. A Hebrew would say to you, if you have learned it and not applied it, you never really learned it. So we've got to start thinking more like that. At, to learn something, I've got to apply it to my life. So what's your I will statement today? How is God leading you? What is he dropping into your heart from today's message, from the passage that we're in? He'll surely do it if you just ask. In response to today's message, I will. And fill in the blank. And maybe the third point would be a, a good thing to apply to your sight, your, your, to, your, uh, to yourself this week, which is this, that we continue living in. We continue living that extraordinary life. How? Through faith and gratitude. We keep living that extraordinary life through faith and gratitude. So where's your heart in that today? Do you have faith and gratitude? These 10 lepers, they call out to Jesus. They enter into that extraordinary life. All 10, they obey Jesus. So they start to live that extraordinary life. But from our passage, we see that only one, as he's on his way to the priest, he realizes he's been healed. And he turns back to say, thank you, Jesus, for healing me. Thank you, Jesus, for changing my life. Thank you, Jesus, for making a way for me to be back in community. I'm no longer ostracized. I'm no longer isolated. I'm no longer alone, but I'm back in community. That's the heart of God for each and every one in this room. Are you in community? God means to be able to do a healing work in your life that way too. Are you feeling isolated? That's not God's heart for you. He wants you to be in good fellowship with others. What does Jesus say though? He says, wait a minute. I'm pretty sure I healed 10 people. Where are the other nine? And then he even highlights, he says, only this foreigner returned. Now, we don't know the nationalities of the other nine that were healed, but Jesus does highlight that it was a Samaritan who came back to say thanks. And why does he do that? Because he's talking to a mostly Jewish crowd. He's showing his followers, look, you guys have had access to God's word all this time. You know this truth, but look at the faith of this Samaritan who he came back to say thanks May that challenge you and your faith, O Jewish population. But I can't tell you how many times, thanks to our work in North Africa and the Middle East, when I see a Muslim make a decision to follow Jesus, which for them means they're no longer in community, they actually are out of community. No longer are they in their family, they're usually kicked out of their family. No longer do they have a livelihood, they now have to close down their business and go elsewhere. But they make that kind of decision to follow Jesus and say, God, I give you my all. Jesus, I'll follow you with my whole heart. And I can't tell you how much that has always challenged Shelly and I to say, here we are. We've got a church on almost every corner in the cities that we live. We have had access to God's word. Oh Lord, help me live with that kind of faith too. May others, as we get to see the faith of others in our world in the way that they follow Jesus, our brothers and sisters in Christ, may we see that faith and be challenged by it too. To say, God, help me live wholeheartedly like that as well. Help me hold nothing back from you. How are you following Jesus? Do you have faith and gratitude in the way that you serve him? And here's one of the challenges for Shelly and I. I've communicated this in several messages before, but I tell you there's nothing that grieves a pastor's heart more than to see people who are at one time faithful to begin to just live a status quo life, to begin to walk away from God. And this is why I encourage you 
if you're not making steps toward the kingdom, whether you realize it or not, you're backing away. And it's unfortunate. And I tell you, Shelly and I, we pray about that all the time. And this is why I know in the end, I cannot convince you, but my heart is to compel you. Wherever you're at in Jesus, please take the next step. And then take the next step. Don't stop where you're at, because if you stop where you're at before long, it might be five months, it might be five years, it might be 15, but you're going to wind up outside. And that's not God's heart for you. That's not God's will for you. He wants you to usher into the kingdom with everything that you are. Why? Because you are meant to house the fullness of God. So please take next steps. If I could (laughs) come and ask each and every one of you individually, I would do it, but I can't. So consider this that invitation. May you sign up for the next step class. If your routine, if your life in Christ has been routine, if you've just been going through the motions, if this is just what you've always done, so that's just the matter of life that you're in, then may you break that habit, may you change your mindset and understand there's so much more available to you in God. So may you take steps in that direction. And can I also encourage you parents, not just for your sake, but for the sake of your kids. Your kids need to see that you're all in for the kingdom of God. That doesn't guarantee that your kids aren't going to make their own choices and decisions, but what I will tell you is that will be far better influence in their life than if you're just been a status quo life in Christ. Follow after the heart of God and watch as that changes your life, watch as it changes your family's life. You are meant to house the fullness of God. But maybe you're in a pit right now, and I mentioned that at the beginning of the message. Maybe it's been really hard to follow Jesus, but can I encourage you this morning? God can take you out. And he means to take you out. So let me challenge you this morning. What I've seen all too often is our response, usually when we get in a pit, is we like to pout on Facebook. Hey, put down the phone, pick up God's word, start to pray the Psalms over your life. They're honest and they're real. Hey, Psalm 43 is a super one. Vindicate me, O God, and defend my cause against an ungodly people from the deceitful and unjust man. Deliver me, O God. Those people I have to work with, they're godless. It is hard. Vindicate me, O God. These are honest prayers. For you are the God in whom I take refuge. Why have you rejected me? You ever felt like God's rejected you? Now, obviously we know he doesn't, but it feels that way. And so you can pray honest prayers before God. Why do I go about mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? Send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy. And I will praise you with the lyre, O God, my God. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? You start asking those questions. God's doing a healing work in your heart. Hope in God, for I shall again praise him. My salvation is in God. So you pray a psalm because it's honest before God. It allows you to get out your heart before him, but it leaves you in the place of your hope is still in him. Your online audience does not have the capacity to bring you out of the pit you're in, but God, your creator, does. So turn to him and let him take you out of whatever the place that you're in. He is sure to do it. Now, you've got brothers and sisters who will pray with you to help you as well. So there's lots of access to God's community to be able to link arms with them to say, we're behind you and we want to help you out as well. But let's make sure we turn to God before we turn to any other source. Because he is our source. And he can help rescue us. And he wants to do it. So where do you find yourself this morning? Have you called out to God? Have you taken that first step into an extraordinary life? Are you beginning to live it by obeying what Jesus says? 
Are you continuing to follow after God through faith and gratitude? That's what it looks like to live that extraordinary life from now into eternity. And that's God's heart for you. So step into that extraordinary life. Call out to him. Live it by obeying him and stay in it through a life of faith and gratitude. What could your life look like if you started to live like this? What, what could the difference be in your home as you began to devote your life to Jesus? What kind of peace could start to fill the space where you've allowed other things to come in? God means to transform marriages. He means to change relationships between parent and child and grandparent and grandchild. That's the work that he wants to do. Are you maintaining faith and gratitude for the life that you're offered in Jesus? I invite you to stand as we're going to close in song this morning. I want you to consider, what's your I will statement today? In response to today's message, I will enter into that extraordinary life by calling out to him. You can do that right now. In response to today's message, I will start to live that extraordinary life by obeying what Jesus says. Jesus even says, if you love me, you will obey my commands. It's how we express our love to Jesus. It's actually how we express our trust to Jesus. Maybe the last response, I... I will respond to today's message in response to it. I will live a life of faith and gratitude that no matter what comes, I'm going to be faithful. Because I'll tell you right now, if you're in Jesus, you should be the most joyful person in your neighborhood. If you're in Jesus, you should be the most purpose-driven person in your workplace. If you're in Jesus, when bad things come, you should look different than other people around you who don't know Jesus. In fact, that's going to be your best witness. So if you've struggled to do that, Maybe that last point is the one that you could apply this morning. But no matter where you find yourself, take next steps and keep taking the next step and keep taking the next step. And what does Paul say? I have finished the race. One day, you get to take your last step in this life and you get to enter into your extraordinary eternal life. So will you finish the race well? With every head bowed, I want to ask that question this morning. Maybe that first step is where you're at and I want to make sure you've got space to do that this morning. You'd say, I want to enter into my extraordinary life, and it starts with Jesus to call out to him. And you'd say, I'm ready to do that today. So if that's where you're at this morning, you'd say, I want a life in Jesus. I want to live well in his name, so I'm calling out to him this morning. Just raise your hand. I want to pray with you before we leave this morning. Anybody that would say, that's me. I have a heart to follow God today. I want to make a decision to follow Jesus. I want to enter into that extraordinary life I'm offered in his name. God, I just pray for each and every one in this room. Lord, we look at your word and we see examples laid out for us that we can follow in. And so, Lord, I pray that you give us a heart to follow in him. Lord, I pray that you would help us to not only call out to you and step into that extraordinary life, but Lord, I pray that we'd start to live it by obeying what you say. May we continue to live that life from now into eternity through lives of faithfulness and gratitude. God, I pray that as we close in song this morning that we would just sing out to you thankfully, gratefully for all that you've done in our lives. Help us not to forget. And may we always be thankful for the life that you've given for us. And we just pray these things, Lord, asking for you to have your way in the hearts of everyone in this room. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.